Welcome, everybody, to the Berean Brotherhood podcast, where we delve into deep discussions, explore our faith, and navigate life's journey. We're all young men in the Lord, and we want to share some thoughtful observations on what we're calling toxic masculinity and the red pill movement. And I just want to thank you all for listening. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, hope uh, you guys are all doing well. Uh, whatever time you're watching this good morning good night good afternoon whatever um but yeah we're going to talk about um toxic masculinity versus biblical masculinity the differences how we should carry ourselves and also talk about mr ming 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 andrew tate his fame has grown over the past couple of years and yeah we're going to share our thoughts our feelings and also add in some scripture of course test the spirits you know see where we go with this <coughs> excuse me <laughs> i heard somebody say andrew tate <laughs> yes sir yes sir what's up everybody god bless you yo all. yo yo you gotta excuse me there's a little bit of ruckus <laughs> in my apartment right now <laughs> living that top g life you know how we do so, yes, sir. God Let's bless y'all. Welcome to the podcast for another episode. Brian Brotherhood, Dave, Rich, and me. Just here going to pour out our differing opinions on toxic masculinity, the red pill movement, Andrew Tate as a whole. Um, and I think where we definitely all agree on as far as a biblical depiction of masculinity and the image right. that that talks about. So just opening up, Andrew Tate, love or hate him. Let's start with me. Um, here, let me wash this down a little bit. <laughs> love them how about you guys God, I think <clears throat> in the society that we live in he's happened to be the voice be the champion voice for the people who are oppressed and want to say things and they don't dare say things so I'm for some of the things that he says yes mm. I respect it. I was alpha. As for me, there are some things that I will, that I, I agree. Like you said, David, he's, he's uh, pressed some people. And I would say in, in the right way, in a way that we need to be pressed, right? Uh, it's kind of cringy, but whenever he talks about the matrix and everything like that, we all know who he's referring to. But uh, yeah, I do, I do agree with certain things. But when it comes to biblical standards of what a man should be, of course, I'm going to say no. I'm not going to disagree with his ideas of what a man should be. There are some practical things that I will say that is great. You know, work hard, focus on king and pursuing. I don't want to say pursuing money. I'm not saying like, you know, uh, us, we believe in, uh, you know, the love of money, right? Right. But to improve yourself, right? I, I will say I will agree with him on those standards of improving yourself, you know, going to the gym, working out. But from what I've seen from him on the emotional side of things, such as, let's say, uh, as men, you know, crying, I don't think I've ever, all the podcasts that I've seen him in, I don't think I've ever heard him say that. Uh, I have heard him say like, oh, I, I don't cry or, you know, I don't believe in depression and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm just going to say, uh, you're full of it. Um, right. Uh, we are all <laughs> emotional beings, right? We all 
have been hurt some way somehow. But uh, but yeah, I'll, I don't want to go on a tangent. But yeah. Okay, I guess I'll give the less troll answer to my, the original answer, which was uh, there's a lot of stuff about Andrew Tate in particular and those kind of Manosphere champions like him that I absolutely think are awesome. And there's a lot of very evil stuff about it too. There's just, it is basically like, um, it's like that quote we said in one, the first or second episode of the podcast that the pastor said, it's nothing more pitiful than seeing a sinful world try and save itself from itself. Mm. So usually those Manosphere guys, when they start off, <clears throat> they invite, there was a Christian YouTuber named, I think his name is Ruslan David. I, I'm not sure if that's his name or not, but mm -hmm. he said he, I think he identified the problem and the benefit of the Manosphere perfectly. He said, they are excellent at identifying the problems with men and horrendous at addressing the solutions. Okay, so the Manosphere, right. I think, has addressed the fact that men have, in 2023 into 2024, exponentially higher suicide rates, exponentially higher alcoholism rates, exponentially higher reports of depression, anxiety, bipolar thoughts. Um, mainstream media constantly bashes traditional masculinity, constantly emasculates men on tv shows and pretty much any movie you can think of within the last five to ten years men are stupid and weak and always mm -hmm. subordinate to women or to others they can never stand up for themselves when they do it's toxic physical strength taking care of their body all these things are all disgusting things that the modern world i think has thrown out and i think the manosphere did good in addressing that men have value they just mm -hmm. didn't understand that that value comes from their identity within god and because of that They've idolatrized the entire enterprise, which should have been men making themselves stronger, building each other up, getting closer to God, instead became woman, cars, money, this exact same thing it's been for thousands of years in different variations. Masculinity run amok. Usually as a mm -hmm. response to femininity run amok too, right? Uh, mm -hmm. The hypersexuality that you can usually see in female entertainment shows, the way that the dating marketplace has kind of shifted in the favor of feminine demographics. Men constantly complain about how difficult it is for them to find a date, how much variety and options women have in the modern dating sphere. There's probably some truth to some of these things, right? You know, so men are complaining about real problems, but women have complained about real problems with men's excesses as well. And mm -hmm. in this escalation of war between the two identities that humans generally revolve around, they've idolatrized both of them. They strayed away from biblical commands. And the two things that should work together instead are now diametrically opposed. I just want to share one point about that community, right? Uh, what did you call it again? Uh, they call themselves like the red pill community. Okay, it's yeah. Like so the manosphere, the red pill community. Yeah. So my uh, on my notes here, I put the red pill community equals a man centered message, right? It's, it's right. all it's all about me, 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 right? But if we look at uh, the biblical uh, standard of manhood, right? It is more of deny self. So already we already see the difference between the red pill community and biblical manhood. I just wanted to comment on just using a scripture in, in Colossians 2 8, where it talks about beware lest any man rob you through the philosophy and vain deceit through the precepts of man, right? The, through the philosophies of man. Mm -hmm. And there's a statement that is said in the world that says, don't hate the player, hate the game, right? He's figured out a way to monopolize the system, right? He has his own philosophy, and it seems 
to the average person or the average man or what they would call a beta man as something that works, right? And I think what makes Andrew Tate's philosophy, what makes it so appealing is that we've been pushed to be so politically correct. We live in an anti-shame society, a super sensitive, afraid to speak the truth. We've been locked down by disclaimers. We've been deprived of truth, smothered with agenda, the LGBTQ acceptance, gender ideology, all this crap. And Andrew Truth comes and he speaks to he speaks what other people are afraid to say and then they don't dare to say it when he stands for things like modesty, when he talks about gender roles, and when he talks about these things that back oh what fifty years ago was the was the norm, it almost becomes like he's saying blasphemy or he's saying something mm -hmm. that is something different, right? When it comes to the word of God, the way I see him is like, you, you guys ever watch wrestling growing up? Yeah, yep. bro. You Love remember that. when Stone Cold Steve Austin first came out? No, because I didn't have cable or pay-per-view. Right, so, so when Stone Cold, <laughs> I, I, I see Andrew Tate as the, the Stone Cold Steve Austin effect in wrestling, right? He was anti-establishment. He was anti the boss. He did what he wanted to do. He exemplified manhood. He did the DTA. Don't trust anybody. I do my way or the highway or, or, or you know, like he became a celebrity based off of being a bad guy, right? Mm. And I see someone like Andrew Tate, who I just found out, I'm like, he's a, a, a year younger than me. I see how he's figured out taking some life lessons and figured out a way to make money off of the oldest profession in the world, which is prostitution. He's yep. just not selling women's bodies. He's kind of being a pimp of the internet. The Bible doesn't give room for your opinions. And mm -hmm. I think that's where people make mistakes, right? People want to have a, uh, have a your way. I'm going to pick and choose what parts I like about Christianity, but that's not what the Bible has expected of us. What the, what the Bible says is this is the word of God, and this is the, the order and the lay of the land. Jesus is a king, and as a king, he's the one that lays the laws. So as he's laying the laws, there's no room for us to debate. We are, we are technically, it says we are slaves. How many times did Paul say, I'm a slave of Jesus Christ, right? Yep. So we are a slave, but we're invited into sonship, right? So, I mean, if I wasn't a Christian and I was in the world, I could see how this lifestyle or this philosophy could be uh, appealing, 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 appealing at, yeah. at least at first, because then mm. you find out that I've known a lot of good guys who are monogamous, faith-based dudes. Mm. I've known some of my closest friends at one point or another who are player mm. dudes, have multiple women any day of the week. And I, I'm telling you right now, man, this is just anecdotal maybe, but I'm sure it's truthful world round. Those guys that are constantly chasing material things, constantly chasing the next endorphin rush, the next girl, the next high, the next emotional mountain peak, those are some of the most lonely, depressed, sad guys that you could ever meet later in life, man. It is not like a fairy tale. It is not like a cliched point that beta males talk about. These guys are pursuing vanity, vanity, vanity. End of story. He mm -hmm. he has so many interesting points about the male plight. Like a lot of these guys identify 
the reason their audiences gravitate to them is because men feel dejected in this century. It's absolutely true. Mm -hmm. There's, mm -hmm. there's absolutely. And I mean, like I remember back in the day when Homer Simpson was the butt of every joke. Mm -hmm. And that was kind of funny because it existed in a kind of culture of like family tradition and, and sitcoms that would play on the roles of everybody. But now every single father that I could see on TV is a Homer Simpson of sorts. Everybody is the, the butt of every joke. And he latched on to that reality and just used it to kind of, I think, rationalize all of the other evil things he's been associated with. Like, I, I remember mm -hmm. hearing a confession by him on video. And this this really flipped my opinion of him completely. I said, this guy is looking out for men. He wants people to mm -hmm. be accountable to yourself. Don't blame nobody else. That's awesome. And then I heard him on video talking about how his webcam business this is how he operates it. He goes out with girls. Basically, whichever girls in Romania, he can the most attractive he can get. He sleeps with them for multiple months, takes them out, wines them, dines them with his wealth, gets them so committed to him and in love with him that they're willing to live with him in his kind of like little lair. He spawns his webcam business off of their loyalty to him. So usually those 9, 10, 15 girls that he started out with were girls that he was actively having relationships with and mm -hmm. then exploiting to sell their bodies on a webcam business. And mm -hmm. on the video that I saw, this was not some tabloid spinning it. Oh, it's all misogynistic. You see, we can exaggerate anything. This was his own words about the way he treats his quote unquote clients, his quote unquote staff, his quote unquote lovers, right? Multiple lovers. This is his way of testifying about how he does it. He would say on video, and we can probably link it uh, maybe later on. Mm -hmm. It's super easy to sucker these women who fell for him and now work from his webcam business on their taxes and accounting because he would have his accountant make up fake paperwork, pull whatever tax returns the woman got, jip them out of half of their income, and then say, well, look, babe, it's in this paperwork right here. He was basically in complete control of their finances, complete mm -hmm. control of their finances, complete control of their movement, would restrict or grab passports depending on the need. So like I... I know the human trafficking angle and the charges that were pressed against him in the court. Some of it was exaggerated by his enemies, but there's an angle here of real exploitation by these guys. Like it's all cool and, and sunshine when you're talking about doing push-ups and feeling good about yourself. But the natural progression of that idea of masculine self-improvement to the end of making yourself happier without Christ as the center of it, Christ who commands in the Bible that you're a man. Yes, you're, you're, charged with leadership and authority of your home. And with that comes the price that you are a guardian for your children. You are a guardian of your mother, of your girlfriend, of your wife. You're there to protect them from everything else. Your job as a man is to institute order and work with her, lift her up, build her up, not multiple people, one. When you see these men deviate away from that, it starts leading to some really, really creepy, evil, criminal actions. And it's it's a very repeated line within the manosphere that these guys look at women as trash because at some point or another maybe some horrible event happened between them and women in their adolescence and they've had a chip on their shoulder ever since but they are the exact opposite of the quote-unquote radical feminists that they hate they are taking their sexuality making it the centerpiece of their identity until there's nothing left at all and then just driving that rocket ship into the atmosphere until it explodes into either charges of a crime or some other horrendous abuse of themselves or woman so i mean it's funny cuz the aesthetic is kind of cool and and on a surface level it's cool to tell men to hold yourselves accountable and you know lift some weights and be strong and earn that money 
but without Christ, you really see the ending of these things very quickly. And mm -hmm. it's it's a pretty horrendous end to idolatrize your entire identity just on the fact that you're a guy. I would say mm -hmm. the same thing about women too. The entire a third generation wave of feminism that just tells women that they don't need men, that they can imitate all the attributes of masculinity and ignore what comes to them naturally, that they can break apart households and that they don't need anything but their nine to five or some CEO position somewhere and that they are right. better off without masculinity. And you can see the effect it has on our current generation of women as well. You know, you have you have just a bunch of broken people trying to shield themselves from broken people. You know, mm -hmm. I'm I'm all for women empowerment. But Amen. when I see when I see things like defining now or questioning what is a woman, seeing that men are now going into women's sports as men and becoming the and dominating these women's sports getting the awards getting the gold medals and i think to myself man the system has become so corrupt where is the feminist movement when it comes to that why aren't they fighting mm -hmm. that you know i don't know but i it's think true. But, you know yeah yeah but, but where is the uh quote-unquote masculine movement in defending exploited women you know where are right. they in defending right. exploited right. children it's just it it's you're right, though, David. I'm not trying to diminish that at all. But like, yeah. I, I'll notice a lot of times in discussions outside of like our group or outside the church, they'll usually blame either feminism, toxic masculinity, or toxic femininity. And you know mm -hmm. what? It's both, bro. It, these these identities, these idolatrous relationships mm -hmm. with portions of who you are, completely out of whack, completely out of balance without Christ, it's only going to collapse and cause division. Mm -hmm. There is no way out of it without God. In God's order, like a biblical standard, a man, a woman, children, they all have their place in unison, helping each other, cooperating. Mm -hmm. The most balanced dudes I've ever met in my life, this is anecdotal. This is not a scientific experiment, so whatever. Mm -hmm. This is just my anecdote. The most balanced men and women I've ever met, the people who have given me the best advice were nine times out of ten, married people, good relationships, you know, not perfect, but balanced relationships. How could I counter a man who has the input of a wise, godly woman by his side, a woman who loves him, who cherishes mm -hmm. him as a man, or a man who cherishes his wife, who protects her, who loves her like he loves his own body, like Christ tells us, commands us to love her like Christ loved the church. How could one human being beat that cosmic balance of two human beings that are so opposite of each other, working together, loving each other, supporting each other? Mm -hmm. Andrew Tate and his boys and third wave uh, feminism and this modern kind of depiction of sexual identity, all they do is just antagonize each other. The Bible says different. The Bible says we are one body. We're meant to work together. It's a beautiful thing when it mm -hmm. happens. What it is, honestly, well, well, what I see it come down to is accountability. Nobody mm -hmm. wants to, to uh, nobody wants to be the problem. Right. Right. They, they always want to be the victim. And the thing is like, if we don't hold our even ourselves accountable, like how we hold other people accountable, man, a lot of things are not going to be able to work out. Right. You know, um, right. it, like with both parties, toxic ma masculinity and uh, feminism and everything like that. If we just had just a couple minutes to just think to ourselves and just be like, what am I doing? Right. What, what am I doing? To, am I causing, is what I'm doing right now causing any harm to anyone, right? Am I uh, 
like so like the red pill community right um he uh andrew tate loves to talk about how many lamborghinis he has how many cars he has bugattis (laughs) and i'm just like you know what is the point of that right and just like you said um the earlier vanity it's all vanity it's just vanity bro it's Mm -hmm. oh i want to get a six-pack i I, uh yes work out go ahead get be healthy be healthy but what is the intention what is uh what is the intention of your heart what are you doing it for are you doing it out of pure motivation to get more women (coughs) because guess what buddy that's not gonna work out (laughs) you know it's gonna die out that motivation and that passion is going to die out because if you are doing that uh and i'm gonna be real honest here and if if you are doing that and you are still treating women poorly like that you're still not gonna get what you want right you're still not going to get what you (laughs) desire you have to be you have to become that that uh that man of god like titus titus 2 2 says older men are to be sober-minded dignified self-controlled sound in faith in love and in steadfastness and what i see a lot with this red pill community is that there is no love there is a lack of love a lack of love and that is one of the greatest commandments that Jesus gave to us is to love God with all your heart, soul, and mind, right? Mm-hmm. And then to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Right. <clears throat> you know, uh, unfortunately, currency in their philosophy is ego, mm. right? Yep. That's, that's currency for them. The more they could, they could get, they have initials, the initials SMV, which is the sexual market value, basically asking the question, what do you bring to the table? Right. Mm -hmm. And if you can't bring nothing to the table, then you're worthless. Right. I used to work in construction. I was in a extremely male dominated uh, industry in construction. And when you talk about ego, we're talking about the worst of the worst of of men that is just outrageous i'm talking about how men wanting to describe all of their their conquest and everyone's trying to outdo each other and and the latest porn and just it's just so disgusting <laughs> to see like what it is that equates to so-called manhood in in mm-hmm. the, in the world's eyes right right you know god the affirmation and the approval that we need is not from another man, but it's from God. Amen. God is going to be the one that he give, He gives us a new identity. He's the one that we should be seeking approval from. He's the one that we should get affirmation from, not because we want to stroke our ego and, and have the, the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the pride of life, right? Mm-hmm. We should be seeking to be meek, um, and just, you know, seeking godly ways, right? I always found it interesting that in, in the Word of God, it says uh, for men to love their wives and for wives to submit to their husbands, right? Who and, preach? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and you know, when I, when I analyze that scripture, the one thing that I say to myself is that God has a sense of humor. He does, and, yeah. And, th- and this is why I say that. I think that it is more easier for a woman to love than it is for a man to love because a woman bears children and because a child comes out of her womb 
she is just naturally inclined to have that love um, because she's bearing life, right? So when it says men love your wife or love love a woman, that is something that we have to actively choose to do. Yeah. Now, I think that when it comes to men, it might be easier to submit than it is to love. And that's oh, yeah. why I found it funny because, you know, look, I, I was I was a worker and I was I was in management. So I can say that, right, there's times where it's good to be in management and then there's times where it's good to just be a worker. But it has different stresses and not everybody could be the, the chief, right? Mm -hmm. There needs to be some Indians around. So I think that, that men understand uh, the ability to submit to, to another man or to, or to a system. But when it comes to the opposite way where women are told to submit, it's almost like you're, it's a curse word. It's almost like, yeah, I'm not submitting to you. I'm not submitting. And then there's, there's these, unless you are this, right? God has a divine order. It's God, man, woman, children. It works. We all have a unique purpose, a unique function. There are certain appointed things, right, that each one has a unique um, gifting to. I'll just leave it there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and like let let's let's we're gonna be real here, right? Let's just be right, real here. Let's, let's be. We're gonna keep it a buck, okay? <laughs> Someone right now is watching this, and they're saying. A Christian or non-Christian, they're saying like, well, I know a girl, she's like designed perfectly to be CEO. She's got all the executive leadership decision-making abilities better than any man I've ever met. And I'm like, you know what? She's a hunt. I've met women like that. It's great. And uh, there's definitely someone else saying there's a guy right now who could be a better caretaker or social worker than any woman I've ever encountered. You know, he's more, he has better understanding, emotional intelligence of social IQ situations and interpersonal relations than anyone. And you know what? That's true too. But on average... If we're talking about averages, if you take two mice and you pump one in full of testosterone, its body's going to get bigger. Its muscle index, the density of its bones is going to get stronger. It's going to display much more aggressive behavior towards other mice. It's going to try and let's just call it for kid safety, procreate a lot more often rice with mm -hmm. lower mice, not rice, mice with lower testosterone levels. There are established, observed patterns, documented patterns of behavior when these hormones come into play. And when you pump estrogen into a mouse, for example, it's going to show lower muscle density, higher stores of fat throughout the body, closer interpersonal connections will be in closer proximity to other mice. In humans, we can see this all the time, especially when we're talking about something controversial like transgender ideology and trans surgery and hormonal injections. The entire point of pumping those specific types of hormones into their regimen is to give them, quote unquote, more masculine or feminine features. So, yes, it's true that not every single man on the planet acts the same. Not every woman acts the same. And no, we should never tell a woman or a guy he can or can't be something based off their sexual identity alone. But it's also mm -hmm. true that on average, the people act a certain way for a reason. I've had some of my closest friends who are girls in my adult life. We'll talk a whole game about, you know, I want a guy who's compassionate. I want a guy who's these things. And I'm sure they mean that. But usually the guy that they pick when they're a high, quote, quote, market value woman, good career, uh, attractive overall, they're usually going to pick a guy with that same level, an attractive guy, more masculine looking, physically mm -hmm. fit. And the same for guys, right? Guys always say, you know what? Men are the only ones who don't get loved unconditionally. And Andrew Tate was right. <laughs> the world hates men so much. And bro. 
when's the last time you went out with a girl that in your eyes you considered a zero out of 10 in your subjective point of view of attractiveness right no guy will ever admit that but the truth is men pre-select all the time on conditions as well how cool is she do we get along does she mm -hmm. look attractive to me you are pre-selecting on conditions so don't 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 buy this this gaslighting that you know we don't get love we we love unconditionally no you don't you select the woman that you want to be with if you have the opportunity to based on compatibility physical attractiveness and a bunch of other conditional traits that you don't want to admit you're selecting for and on average men and women generally generally along the lines of gender look for similar things they generally look for similar things so it's crazy because exceptions are always going to exist this is absolutely the truth they're always going to exist no matter what but it's a horrible thing to see something that's so beautifully designed to work together. You know, I, I may be a little bit more aggressive or stronger than someone I'm with who happens to be a girl most times. Maybe there's a girl who's going to put me in a headlock and that's the end of that. But generally speaking, I'm probably on average going to be slightly more aggressive, slightly stronger than the woman I'm with, probably slightly more uh, at least career or financially ambitious. She's probably going to have a higher emotional IQ than I have. She's going to understand social situationships a, a little bit better. She's going to have a stronger emphasis on family connections. How many sitcoms make jokes of the guy saying, oh, I don't want to go to your mom's house and the wife bringing the family together? How many mm -hmm. sitcoms make jokes about the guys forgetting her birthday, forgetting the anniversary? These are jokes for a reason. They're based on statistical averages. Like We can't ignore that men and women are different, but they're beautifully complementary if we regard them in a biblical point of view. Yes, they are. Mm. beautifully complimentary uh i said before red pill community is more of a man-centered right mm. and then uh biblical manhood is more of denying self right mm -hmm. so i i also wanted to bring up a couple things uh I, I watched a interview or a podcast that um he did with uh what's his name uh george janko or something like that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um and they were talking about uh, Christianity and Islam and uh, the similarities and differences. And I just wanted to point out some things that Tate gets wrong about Christianity, right? So one of the things is um, he, he, of course, he believes that Islam and Christianity are close, right? But in fact, in, when we look at the Quran and what it teaches, I'm going to go right out and say that it is a false gospel. It is a form of a false gospel mm -hmm. and it is not even close it's not close i'm not trying to get like excited or anything but uh <laughs> you will, see, hype, <laughs> you will right. see some passion but no it is not close my brother and i will tell i will tell him that um and then he says uh he claims he's not an islamic scholar right but then says to uh he says uh he or, or he makes the claim that we are, uh, of course, that we are similar and that the Quran is a more condensed version and stronger than the Bible, right? But I just, like, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and fault him for saying that because maybe he hasn't done, uh, you know, extensive research or maybe he just heard that from somebody, right? Uh, this is why I feel like every episode, I'm just going to say, read your Bible, do your research, you know what right, I mean? Right, right. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm not going to fault him for that, you know, for, for saying something like that. Cause maybe, uh, it's, it's a lot of maybe like, you know, cherry picking verses and, um, maybe there are some similarities to moral values, you know, stuff like that. Um, but I, I, I want to give 
an example of the Quran and the Bible being different, right? In the Quran, it says that Allah is Allah is not a father to anyone, right? Mm. Um, but we know what the Bible says, mm-hmm. right? We know what John three sixteen says, right? Um, and we know that Jesus is what the Son of God, right? Tate also talked about forgiveness, right? And he shared how what what will it take for for God to not forgive us, right? We could keep doing these terrible things, right? And what I took from that is he does not understand the grace of God. He has no and clue. the gospel. He has mm-hmm. no no biblical understanding of the grace of God. So of course, you know that that guy George would say, "Oh, there's there's a part in the Bible where uh, Jesus um, says, oh, you got to forgive your brother, what, 77 times? Mm-hmm. Seven, right? Oh, I think I said that a little backwards, but... And he has his own view of God. And this is, this is what, I'm, uh, what I'm seeing from the... the anytime he's ever talked about religion or, or the reasons why he, he converted to Islam, and I feel like converting to Islam nowadays is like a... a it's like a checklist for, new, for celebrities. Side, right? Yeah, yeah, like, it is. like come on, man. <laughs> like, uh, let's really talk about it. Um, claims religions, all these religions, right, are different articulations of the same truth. Yeesh. Right? But when we look at when we really study the Bible and we really study the other religions, and let's just keep let's just keep it Islam and Christianity, right? The Quran says that Jesus didn't really die on the cross, that Allah just put somebody there to look like him. An illusion uh, of sorts. Chris, yeah, Chris an Angel. illusion. Like Chris Angel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what was that I mean, show called? Mind Freak? Rich, Rich, Rich <laughs> you're gonna, yeah, Mind Freak, Chris Angel, yeah. Um, yeah, Rich, you're gonna get me open uh, on this whole Islam versus Christianity. Yeah, so, let, yeah, so let's, let's, yeah, let's, let's save that. Let's save let's that, that right? another time. Yeah, yeah we'll let, do let, that let, another time. But years, six hundred years after mm-hmm. Christianity came Islam, right? Mm-hmm. The Word of God tells us that if anyone or any angel come to you and preach to you a different gospel that we are to reject it. And Muhammad mm-hmm. received an alternative gospel by the so-called angel Gabriel, right? Yep. You go into what exactly the Bible tells us is the spirit of the Antichrist. And the spirit of the Antichrist is anyone who denies that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And one of mm. the main tenets of Islam says that G- that Allah has no sons. So therefore, by default, Jesus Christ cannot be the Son of God. So mm-hmm. that is denying, that is outright denying that yep. that Jesus is God. So it is, it is that is the gospel. spirit of Antichrist. And if you want to do some research, I'm going to drop a gem. Islam is known as a Christian heresy called Ibayanism in Saudi Arabia. It is a Christian heresy Holy Bionism in the first century, it was already um, brought up in the different councils. It was addressed, and he learned that from one of his wives, who was the, who was a widow. So he learned Christianity from one of his widows. Look at the different wives that he had, and at some point we're gonna do this. Uh, oh other yeah, definitely. Well, uh... Most definitely. But but real, we'll real bring quick. it back. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let, let, yeah. let me let me bring it back for a second. So one of my questions was. Uh, when you know when I said the differences of the red pill community versus biblical manhood, right? Um, what does 
uh, uh, to you guys, right? Using examples from scripture or anything like that, right? What does it look like being a biblical man of God, right? Carrying that cross and everything like that, denying yourself. What does it look like versus what the red pill community would say? Well, I'll, uh, we're running out of time, so I'll, mm. I'll, this will be, I guess, my closing idea on it. But it looks exactly like the opposite of what a lot of these guys like Andrew Tate, guys who have some, some good ideas, really good ideas that just kind of go into Looney Tunes world. It's the exact opposite of the worldviews they want to choose from themselves. They're going to be more interested in choosing religions that when stretched to their ideological extremes will allow polyamory, will allow multiple wives, will allow violence against people who do not agree with you. They're going to be, I mean, you could probably stretch any religion to that extreme. And God knows that there have been any hundreds, if not millions of people who have used Christianity, Islam, any of these religions to accomplish their goals. But they're more often than not going to go with the average choice of people who want to rationalize their beliefs. I would just offer as a closing thought to people who follow these communities, just like I have for a long time, there's a lot of gold nuggets in them, but I, I am just kind of frightened as I get older and older by just how much the Bible asks of the men and women that follow it, how much mm. strength is needed to actually mm. obey these commands. It's a type of strength that you're not going to see on a superficial man bashing channel of a panel of seven women who say all men are dogs and can't be trusted and are disgusting. And you're most certainly not going to find this type of strength within a panel of seven dudes who are all on testosterone injections and are going to have heart attacks by the age of 47 or catch an SCD. I know one of them, uh, his name is Kevin Samuels, <clears throat> a funny guy, you know, in the mm -hmm. manosphere, hilarious, constantly talking about men holding themselves accountable and all that. This guy had a heart attack while having this is just the standard report that I heard in the news. It could be false, but he had a heart attack while sleeping with a woman who was not his wife, literally had a heart attack mid intercourse with her and just died doing everything he talked about wanting to do for his entire life. Like mm -hmm. it's so you guys got to understand if you, if you listen to us and you're not from the church, it's the epitome of weakness. It's mm -hmm. the epitome of weakness. It's the epitome of a lack of self-control. You know, men, men in the church, myself included, are not perfect. Women aren't either. But we're striving towards a standard of biblical strength, biblical masculinity, and femininity that I think the red pill and modern feminism and all these idolatrous movements just fail to hit. And I'll just leave with this verse. Um, it's in Malachi chapter 2. It is in verse 13. And this is probably one of the most brutal verses I've ever read. Um, and any man who, who has been married or will be married should probably keep these verses in mind when you're comparing the red pill community to what the Bible says about you as a man. The Malachi chapter two, verse 13 says, another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and you wail because he no longer looks with favor on your offerings or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. You ask why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. You have been unfaithful to her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard and do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect. So be on your guard. Do not be unfaithful. These guys will sleep with multiple women, make promises all across the board, destroy homes, destroy hearts. And they'll use the rationalization that a woman did that to them first to hmm. justify them then targeting other innocent women in their little spider web wow. and you know 
as a final thought on this, we're, we're going to venture into another topic next episode that's going to hit home for a lot of us, which is going to be pornography, uh, sexual idolatry. We're going to have some testimonies about that and some encouraging biblical passages. But mm-hmm. it, ties, it all ties in together. Who are you as a man or a woman if you're listening to this? What is your identity? And why do all the identities that stray away from a biblical sense of identity just collapse on themselves? Because Christianity and because Christ is calling us to do the hard thing. And the hard thing mm-hmm. is denial of self. I could point to a girl that threw a pie at my face in 11th grade. I could point to that dude who ghosted me on the fourth date. I could always point to someone outside, 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 outside. But the Bible says something different. The Bible says it's not out there. The problem is in here. Mm-hmm. You have to fix what's wrong with you. And in doing so, you can then have the strength to love people, to have the self-control, to respect your man, to respect your woman, to love her and cherish her for being different from you and working together the way that God designed it to be. But if if you're too weak for that and you don't have the self-discipline for that, then you may fall into one of these groups like the Andrew Tate squad in the Manosphere and just lie to yourself and think that you have strength when all you have really is just failure to control yourself. Nothing more, nothing less. But I think the Bible holds a much better promise for people who are willing to put themselves down a bit and think about others first. I think it's more fulfilling in the long term. I think the evidence shows in self-reported rates of happiness within households of married couples that are monogamous, that are consistently attempting to maintain that marriage in that household. And I don't think anyone in the manosphere or even modern feminism holds a candle to that standard. If you are a man of God and you're listening to this and you can identify with any of the red pill movement some of the interviews you might watch on instagram reels or facebook stories on andrew tate what i would say is this is if you're a believer allow the word of god to shape your identity mm-hmm. you are a son of god you are a slave to christ he is our king he gives us affirmation he gives you approval amen and at the end of the day a biblical mindset of taking care of the temple of God, having the utmost sexual integrity is what God has called us to to do. Seek the Holy Spirit to work in your life, to operate. And every single day we have to make a decision to say, I'm going to be a man of God. Every Mm -hmm. day we have to make that decision because the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh and the lust of this world is constantly bombarding us every single day. And in this process of sanctification, allow yourself to be shaped by the word of God and not by these philosophies of men. And I'll end there. Amen. I'll end with this. Um, I just want to say, like, uh, you know, same thing. Like, if there is a man who is watching or a woman um, and you claim to be a believer, born again, and everything like that, yes, read the Word, wash yourself every single day with the Word, meditate on the Word, um, study it, do do your best to, I would say, read it every single day, whether it's five minutes or an hour, read it. Your identity is in Christ, it is not in a woman, it is not in another man, it is Mm -hmm. not in your job, it is not uh, for us, our podcast, right? It's not um <laughs> the subscribe button not, though. <laughs> it's not in uh you know um anything else. It has to be in Christ because at the end of the day, it is God who controls all things. We are slaves to Christ, just like David said, 
And I just want to also point out, um, listen, we do not hate Andrew Tate. We do not hate him. We don't. There are going to be things that we disagree with, of course. But at the end of the day, we are praying for him to come to Christ. We are praying for him to come to know the truth, which is Jesus Christ, the ultimate truth. And um, uh, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, hit that like, you know, subscribe, hit the <laughs> bell, comment, uh, tell, me, tell us what you guys think. Uh, we love to read your comments every single one of them <laughs> um <laughs> all of them you know who you are all of them <laughs> oh you know who you are yes sir um thank but, you uh, yeah yeah we love you guys um and uh stay tuned for the next episode stay tuned we're uh do do push-ups like andrew tate suggests and do take care of yourselves men and women everywhere yep. you know what i mean do those things but ignore everything else God bless you. We love you guys. Yep. God bless you guys. God bless. Enjoy. Oh, man. That's some good stuff.